everybody welcome again to studio b i am your host pastor mdh thank you for joining us here for another episode and on the set of studio b as you're watching make sure that you go to our facebook instagram twitter our youtube like subscribe comment share so that you don't miss one single episode of what's going on on the set of studio b uh, i am alone in the studio today because we're going to set up our segment for next week but I want to talk about a couple of things today that are near and dear to everybody's heart. Um, this will hit on Main Street of everybody watching and or listening um, to this podcast right now. 2020 has been um, that kind of year. Um, it has kind of thrown us all for a loop and we still got uh, two and a half months to go in 2020 before we get a break to go into 2021. And I'm sure everybody is looking forward to that New Year's Eve service on December the 31st, 2020 to bring in another year. But with that said, 2020 has kind of caught us all by surprise. And I'm going to guess that you, like me and many other, have kind of felt like there's been a tremendous burden on your life this particular year. Um, you've probably felt heavy, uh, overwhelmed at times, not even sure if you're coming or going. Uh, life has been coming at us at warp speed. Um, but I'm going to suggest today that prolonged stress will turn the cracks into our lives into canyons. If we don't get an opportunity to unplug, to uh, detox, and to get our mental health back in order, um, it's going to be an overwhelming time for all of us. I want to share a couple of things with you because I've been doing a little bit of research. Um, we were actually going, I was going to actually present this particular podcast to you in two weeks um, as we're going into the real crux of the election season. We got 27 days until November the 3rd, 27 days until we either elect a new president or keep the current. Um, a lot of uh, talk has been going on right now. We still got COVID-19. We got Supreme Court nominees. We got a uh, record in uh, high unemployment. We have uh, financial issues. We got a lot, 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 lot going on. But I want to kind of give you a timeline of how we got here and hopefully provide some kind of perspective um, to us who know the Lord and love the Lord. I want to provide a context here out of Philippians chapter four, verse six. And Paul admonishes us to do not be anxious about anything. The word anxious there means to hang on the edge. Um, Paul admonishes the, right, the, the readers of the book of Philippians that don't be on the edge about anything. And you know that when you go to bed on Monday and you wake up on Tuesday, the world has changed again. Just from the time that you closed your eyes until the time that you opened up your eyes. That's just how everything is changing at a warp speed, uh, what it feels like to be a warp speed in 2020. But Paul admonishes us to not be on the edge, to take care of yourself. And, and, and everybody, I want to just take a little bit of time here to really talk about this mental health issue. Um, because it is terribly important during this time of COVID-19, social unrest, political confusion, uh, isolation, mask, and all the things that we have going on. Um, depression has been on the rise steadily across these last seven months. Um, people are struggling in their mental health. Uh, as people, God has never designed us to be in isolation. 
We are community people. God has uh, designed us to be in community. As a matter of fact, when you read Genesis chapter number two, it said it is not good that man should be alone. And so we were never created to be in isolation. Uh, one of the one of the um, the punishments for even in, in the prison system, when you get out of line, they put you into isolation. Uh, isolation is meant to be punishment. And so God is never intended for people to be in isolation. And isolation does tremendous things to your mental well-being. Now, it is easy for us and not so easy for us now that I think in my loud. It is it is one thing for us to call people crazy. That's the easy way out. But the mental health of people is very important. And if you're looking at 2020 right now, what's going on, people are struggling in their mental capacity. But one of the cures for that is what Paul is admonishing us on. And that's to be not anxious for anything. If we as believers believe that God is ultimately in control, if we as believers believe that he is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, that he by himself controls everything, that nothing catches him by surprise, that everything that happens in the lives of those who trust him have to go by the throne room of God in order that God may give his approval on them. If we believe those things, then what Paul is admonishing us to do should be second nature, which is to not be on the edge, to not fret. John says in John 14 and 27 through the mouth of Jesus that peace I leave with you. Peace I leave with you. And the one thing that we have going on right now in 2020 is an absence of peace. I want you to just take a little uh, straw poll and just turn on the news right now or flick through your social media profile, whatever social media means you may be on. And you don't have to click too many times to run across a bad news story. Uh, you don't have to go too far to hear bad news, bad news upon bad news upon bad news upon bad news. And it is meant to do something to us. And so I want to encourage you today with the words of Paul to be not anxious for anything. But I want to show you how we got to this place in 2020. Um, because the Bible says in the book of Psalms and book of Solomon, Song of Solomon, it says that the small foxes spoil the vine. And I always want you to remember something. When you get to your breaking point, your breaking point didn't happen at the breaking point. There were things that led up to that breaking point. And oftentimes the things that lead up to that breaking point go unnoticed. It's those small things that begin to build up in our lives. And by the time we get around to addressing them, they are so, so huge, so, so big that we don't know what to do with them. January the 3rd started off in 2020 with a U.S. Jones track in Baghdad um, near their international uh, airport where the U.S. killed, um, uh, took an airstrike against the Iranian general uh, Soleimani. That kind of started this year off in a very, very tumultuous way. January the 6th, the U.S. Uh, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention issued the first travel warnings for America going to China. This is January the 6th. We are now October the 6th, I think it is. We are nine months in to when this thing all began to happen. And as you're looking at this timeline and seeing what's going on, you'll see these little incremental changes that led up to getting us where we are right now. 
When you see that, and and those of us in Houston will know this, on January the 13th, there was a big scandal that happened in Houston where the general manager of the Astros got fired because it found out that the Astros were cheating. Uh, the major ML, uh, MLB hit the Astros with a $1 million fine and fired the general manager and the head coach um, of the Houston Astros. We know that quite personally here in Houston. It was a big deal for those of us in Houston. As you look at January the 15th, the House of Representatives starts its impeachment process against President Donald Trump. So we started impeachment process 15 days into the new year. We should have known that 2020 was going to be that kind of year because 2020 is a leap year. We should have known that something strange was going to happen in the midst of this leap year. So on January the 15th, the House of Representatives sends forth its impeachment articles against President Trump and the abuse of power and obstruction of Congress. Then we find out on on January the 16th, U.S. begins to start screening passengers who are arriving back from Wuhan, China, which is where the actual virus started. This is on January the 16th. And again, I'm talking about these little small nuances that oftentimes we just see them as a blip on the bottom of our screen and don't really pay attention to it. But it's leading us up to a certain place. On January the 20th, the first case of coronavirus, a 35-year-old Washington man who returned from China days earlier was reported in the U.S. So the first case of coronavirus happened on January the 20th of 2020. Small thing, not really a big deal. Somebody came back from China and got a virus. No big deal. It was on the bottom of your screen. Nobody paid any attention to it. On January the 26th, we all know what happened on that day. That's the day that Kobe Bryant and his little daughter Gianna Bryant got killed in a plane crash when their helicopter went down in California. It was a big, big deal. Um, We see that this was uh, something that shook the sports world and even those outside of the sports world when seemingly the young man, Kobe Bryant, uh, and his daughter, Gianna, um, were killed in a tragic plane crash. On January the 29th, the White House announces a creation of the Corona Task Force. So here we go, nine days after the first case, That lets you know that there were some things going on behind the scenes that we didn't know about. The White House issues a Corona Task Force about this one case that happened on January the 20th. On January the 31st, the last day in January, President Trump bans all travel from China uh, of those coming in and those going out. Now, I want you to hear this. These that's just in the first month of 2020. And I couldn't go through every single day of 2000, excuse me, of January 2020, because it would have been completely overwhelming. I didn't even tell you about on January the 8th when Iran uh, shot down that uh, passenger commercial plane that killed uh, 176 people on board. This is all just within the first month of 2020. I want to shift here for a second because it's important that we understand from a 30,000 foot view the things that are happening in our lives. And as Bible believing Christians, one of the things that we must be able to do is to point at things that happen and ask ourselves internal questions about what does God say about that? How does this particular event line up to what God has already said? And by doing that, we can keep a track on what's going on in the world. And therefore, saints of God, when we keep a biblical perspective, we're not overwhelmed by the day's events. 
So President Trump bans all travel from China on January the 31st. I want you to see this on February the 2nd. You know what happened? There was this man named Patrick Mahomes who goes in and they defeat the San Francisco 49ers in the Super Bowl. Okay, remember now we are two days, excuse me, uh, yeah, two days from uh, the president uh, announcing that there is a corona task force. Three days later, we have a stadium full of people that are celebrating the Super Bowl. I want y'all to think about this. I want y'all to think about all this stuff that's going on as these little bitty things start happening that many of us are not paying attention to. On February the 4th, President Trump delivers a State of the Union address, and y'all all remember this on February the 4th, because Nancy Pelosi, standing behind President Trump, tore up the State of the Union on camera. That was on February the 4th. Now, we should have all known that as these things are starting to happen, that this was going to be that kind of year. Okay, so this happened on February the 4th when President Trump delivers the State of the Union and Nancy Pelosi tears up a copy of President Trump's uh, speech on camera. On February the 5th, the following day, the Senate acquits President Trump uh, after voting against subpoenaing witnesses John Bowden and Republican and Republican Mitt Romney. So on February the 5th, the day after the State of the Union, he is acquitted of all charges for um, for them trying to impeach him on abuse of powers. That was on February the 5th. On February the 6th, the NASA astronaut Christina Koch returns to Earth after 328 days in space, a record for a woman. In space, almost a year, she comes back down. Now, think about this. I think she would have rather stayed in space. (laughs) I think she would have rather stayed in space because she could have escaped the coronavirus and all this stuff that's going on on the earth. I can just imagine in my mind's eye when she gets down here, she says, no, send me back up. That's what I would have done. But on February the 6th, here is a NASA uh, astronaut returning back to Earth after 328 days in space, a record for a woman. February the 23rd, something traumatic happened in our nation. Uh, Ahmaud Arbery was shot and killed while jogging in California, excuse me, in Georgia. Uh, Ahmaud Arbery, which was the first um, of three major cases in 2020 that was going to spark all of the protests and things that we have going on right now. That happened on February the 23rd when Ahmaud Arbery, while jogging through a neighborhood in Georgia, got shot down and killed. February the 29th, the coronavirus, the first coronavirus death is reported in the U.S. February the 29th, we get our first coronavirus death in the U.S. That death rate now in the U.S. is now well above 200,000 people. So on February the 29th, we got our first death. And eight months later, we're now at 200,000 people. I want you to think about this in, in, in the scope of what we're saying right now. It's these small things that were building up that many of us did not pay attention to um, as they were happening. On March the 4th, Michael Bloomberg, and on March the 5th, Elizabeth Warren dropped out of the presidential race. Michael Bloomberg and, and Bloomberg endorses Biden. Elizabeth Warren, doesn't, uh, Elizabeth Warren does not endorse either Biden or um, Sanders. March, uh, March the 11th. The WHO declares corona um, pandemic and out uh, uh, declares the corona's outbreak a pandemic. So the World Health Organization now uh, declares coronavirus as a national epidemic. And it was on this same day on March the 11th that the NBA suspended its season. 
the NBA said that's it after Rudy Gobert um, tested positive for the coronavirus. I want you to think about this. A major sports industry, the NBA, canceled its entire season on March the 11th, and that was going to cause a trickle effect of all the other sports industries that were going to follow. We see that on March 13th, President Trump declares coronavirus a national uh, emergency. But also on March the 13th, a young lady by the name of Breonna Taylor unfortunately loses her life um, uh, in her apartment. So we got a lot of different things. And we're just in March. We're just three months into the year. And all of these things have come up. And one of the things that I found of how uh, slight the enemy is, is one of the ways that he works is by overwhelming us. He he bombards us and the information becomes so massive. And and sometimes we're always on the receiving end of it that we don't know how to manage all of this information and manage all of this stress. But we're just at March 13th of 2020 and look at everything that has happened in just three months. On March the 16th, the Dow Jones Industrial Average falls almost 3,000 points, the largest single-day point drop ever amid the coronavirus outbreak. So as soon as three days later after President Trump declares uh, coronavirus a national emergency, the Dow Jones responds to that news by dropping 3,000 points in a single day. That is massive and has massive implications on our economy. On March the 24th, the 2020 Summer Olympics in Tokyo are suspended. Uh, I remember this uh, by watching uh, the, the gymnasts um, her name escapes me now. Uh, what's the young lady's name? Um, Simone Biles. Uh, after they canceled the 2020 Summer Olympics in Tokyo, uh, Simone Biles was interviewed uh, about that decision, and she said that she was greatly depressed because as an uh, Olympic athlete, they spend three of those four years training for that one particular event. And she says, now I have to get my mind back in order to train for another year since it's been pushed back to 2021. So the Summer Olympics were canceled. I want you to think about this. The NBA canceled its season. The Summer Olympics canceled its season. The Dow Jones Industrial Average failed 3,000 points. And this is just up until March the 24th of this year. Big things are happening. March the 27th, the House and the Senate passed a coronavirus relief and stimulus bill, which includes the expanded unemployment benefits. Everybody was shouting to the rooftops because we got a $1,200 stimulus check coming your way. We got payroll protection uh, acts that are coming our way. So now businesses don't have to shut down. They don't have to lay off employees because the House and the Senate finally agreed on something and they can get some economic relief to those who are hurting in this time. And then you saw those checks going out on April the 13th. People were getting direct deposits into their accounts of $1,200 or whatever it may have been for that stimulus relief package. But everybody, that was in April. Nobody's gotten a check since. All of these things are happening simultaneously behind the scenes, and it's leading us up to a certain event. On April the 2nd, the number of corona uh, cases worldwide for the first time now passes 1 million. And on April the 1st, more than 6.6 million people in America filed for unemployment. In one day, 6.6 million people filed for unemployment. I want you to think about that number. 
when the number of the the unemployment right now is right at 14.4%, I think the last number was, that's almost triple to what it was in January. I want you to think about that number in regards to how many people are out of work and were struggling to pay the bills, struggling to pay the mortgage, struggling to pay car notes, keep the lights on, keep food on the table. For those people who in January were fine, and now here we are in April and they're struggling. Just within a span, in a span of three months, life gets turned upside down. I want you to think about how quick that happened for most of Americans. And most people were a while because coronavirus and everything that happened, even the social unrest did not just affect America, but it affected the entire world. I often tell you that when America coughs, the world gets a cold. So what happens in America, because we dominate and because we influence world economies, will have ripple effect, uh, effects in other countries and nations. And so the number of corona cases worldwide on April the 2nd of 2020 passed 1 million. And 6 million people filed for unemployment in one day. On April the 8th, Biden becomes the official presidential uh, Democratic nominee on April the 8th. So now we have a two-person race. We have chopped down all the weeds from the Democratic Party. Now we have one particular Democrat who is going to represent that party, and he's a head-to-head against him and President Trump. That happened on April the 8th. Um, It is amazing that all of these things are happening simultaneously in a presidential election season. All of these things are convergingly uh, coming all at once uh, in one single year. On April the 13th, the IRS began sending out the stimulus checks to America. And then on May the 5th, the very thing that happened uh, up here in February 23rd, there's a tape that has been leaked in the uh, Ahmaud Aubrey case. Uh, the video of him actually being murdered in the streets while jogging has now been released. On May the 2nd, excuse me, on May the 7th, uh, Gregory and Travis McMichael are charged for the murder of Aubrey, uh, Ahmaud Aubrey. That video that leaked on May the 5th led to the direct charges of a, excuse me, of a father and son who were charged with shooting Ahmaud Aubrey in the streets of, of Georgia. And then a couple of days later, the person who shot the video was also charged with the murder of Ahmaud Aubrey. On May the 8th, the unemployment rate hits a record high of 50 years at 14.7%. And these numbers don't really make a lot of sense when you're looking at them in the microcosm of 340 million people in America. But I want you to think about a number that was at 4% in January that jumps up to 14.7% by May in five months the unemployment rate jumps up 10 plus points. That is astounding. And it has never happened before in that time frame. Even during the Great Depression, the unemployment rate did not rise that high within that time frame. And so you now you have record unemployment of people who were previously just four months earlier in a good spot, had a couple of dollars in the bank. They were on time with paying their mortgage, on time with paying their car note, on time with making sure that the bills were paid. Within a matter of four months, they are now relying on unemployment in order to make it through. And I want you to think about the emotional well-being and toil that that has on a person. I want you to think about within a matter of four months, 
your life being turned upside down. Your life is on the verge of being turned upside down with a simple phone call. And if we don't think that this is having an emotional toll, a mental toll on people, we are sadly mistaken. And then you'll find out something that happened on May the 25th, which is the kind of creme de la creme of 2020. Uh, there was a young man by the name of George Floyd who was murdered by Minneapolis police, uh, sparking the protest, the riot and the looting and all the things that we see thereof. That happened on May the 25th. And this was, I believe, the thing that really sparked 2020. Yes, the Ahmaud Arbery case was tragic. Yes, the Breonna Taylor case was tragic. But remember, those were the small foxes. But on May the 25th, when George Floyd got murdered seemingly on camera with a cop uh, putting his knee on his neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds, this was the very thing that sparked everything that we now seeing right now in our time. That was on May the 25th. On June the 3rd, Three of those Minneapolis police officers were fired and charged with aiding and abetting the murder and the role of George Floyd. So just a few days later, a week, almost a week after that video was was released, three of those four officers were charged. The fourth officer got charged two days later. You starting to see all of these things start to culminate. And it is what what meteorologists call the perfect storm. You have all of these particular events merging at the same time, giving us the perfect storm that's happening in 2020. On June the 9th, nobody can ever guess what happens. Uh, the famous show Cops, after running for 31 years, on June the 9th, the show Cops, that has been running on everybody's TV stations for 31 years, Bad Boys with Will Smith and, and Martin Lawrence. You know the tagline, Bad Boys, Bad Boys, what you gonna do? That particular show got canceled after 31 years of airing on June the 9th of this year. Cops. And all of a sudden now we have all of these things converging. On June the 9th, three days after that, we have Rashad Brooks in Atlanta. Rashad Brooks got killed in the Wendy's parking lot. Um, by cops in that particular city, thus sparking outrage and protest in the city of Atlanta, shutting down an entire block and entire neighborhoods where they were not allowing cops to come in and enter. All of this stuff is happening in a matter of days and weeks, and they're seemingly happening one right after another. Now, we're just in June, and this is enough to make you want to bury your head in the sand. This is in the midst of the economy being shut down. This is in the midst of them closing restaurants down. This is in the midst of our kids being told they cannot go back to school. This is in the midst of now having to deal with social distancing. This is in the midst of having to deal with wearing masks. All of this stuff is happening seemingly at the same time, the perfect storm of 2020. And it's happening so quick and it's such a rapid pace that many don't know how to deal with it. We're even talking about that it's not just in the world, but it affected the church. Mass gatherings were shut down. They say you cannot hold gatherings. You have to go online. You have to converge to a whole new form of worship because of these outbreaks that are happening in our land. And so I want you to remember the Song of Solomon when it says it's these small foxes that spoil the vine. 
And oftentimes these small things go unnoticed until they get so big that we have no choice but to address them. And now here we are in October and we are being forced to deal with all of these small foxes that started happening way back on January the 3rd of this year. 2020 has just been that kind of year. Um, and by no stretch of the imagination are we out of the woods yet. Um, in Psalm 55 verse 22, um, the psalmist is writing to it that we should cast our burdens upon the Lord because he would sustain us. I was having a conversation with some men yesterday um, before our men's class. Shout out to the men's class, Manifest Monday. You need to be uh, at the Church of Bethel's family on Monday at 7 o'clock, man, if, you are lifted, if you're listening to me right now. Um, but I was talking to a young man yesterday before we came down for class, and um, one of the strategies, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11 says, that we're not unaware of the wiles of the devil. Uh, so Paul said, I understand how the enemy works. And because Paul said he understood how the enemy works, he was prepared for what the enemy was going to bring. Um, in terms of sports lingo, what that looks like is a defensive coordinator spends his entire week not worried about uh, the offense. He studies what the defense does. And so he understands what that team is going to run. He understands the plays that they're going to call because he is familiar with what his opponent is going to try on him. And by being familiar with how your opponent works, you are able to gird yourself from those attacks. And the reason why there are many tragedies and many uh, casualties in the Christian faith is because many of us don't understand how the enemy works. We don't understand the tactics of the enemy. We don't understand how the enemy uses depression, how he uses disappointment, how he uses frustration. But Paul seems to suggest in 2 Corinthians 2 and 11 that he understands the wiles, the schemes, or the strategies of the devil. He understands how he works. And when you understand how the enemy works, you can prepare yourself for those attacks. And what we see happening in 2020 is not anything that we haven't seen happening before. This is just kind of par for the course. The thing that separates 2020 from 2019 and any other year before, it is because it is happening at such a record pace. It is happening up on uh, event, up on event, up on event, up on event. It is one thing right after another. Every time you turn on your news station, every time you look at your newspaper, there is something else that has happened. And so what happens is the enemy over overwhelms us because it just gets to be too much. And so when he says in Psalm 55, verse number 22, that we should cast our burdens, the things that weigh us down, the things that are out of our control, the things in which we do not have control over, here's what the psalmist says, cast those on to the Lord. One of the most, in, um, one of the most things that, one of the things that will bless you tremendously is to let go of the things you can't control. And one of the things that you can't control is people. And when we understand that we can't control people, our life becomes that much easier to live. I want you to think about this, saints. Everything is culminating to November the 3rd. In less than 27 days, we're going to get to this big old event where millions of people in America are going to go into this three by five booth and cast their vote for president and all the other people that are on the ballot. And seemingly life is leading up to that one day. Can I tell you something? That one day ain't going to change anything. 
We are putting all of our energy and our efforts and all the things that we are doing onto that particular day. But saints of God, let me just share with you one thing. Um, when we understand that God is in control of absolutely everything, um, as I was sharing with this young man yesterday, um, life is going to go on beyond November the 3rd. No matter who gets in office, you are still going to have to adjust your life. You're still going to have to take care of your family. You're still going to have to do the very same things that you're doing leading up to November the 3rd. You're going to have to do those things after November the 3rd. November the 3rd is not the grand awakening day. But we're putting all of our time, energy, and effort into that day. Psalm, the psalmist says in Psalm 55 and 12 and 22 that I need to cast my burdens, the things that are weighing me down upon the Lord. Listen, I understand that I can't control the things that are out of my sphere of control. And so what that brings to me is peace because he further says in Psalms 55 that he will never permit the righteous to be moved. He's never going to put more on me than what I'm able to bear. And so I want you to kind of take 2020 and all the things that we've talked about leading up to Ju uh, July, I think is where we left off. I want you to look at all of that stuff and look at, uh, at all of that and see how much of any of that could you have controlled. Of all the things that we talked about, of all of those things that happened leading up to July, how much of any of that was in your control? None of it. But all of those things that were out of your control have affected you in some way, shape, or form. So he tells us to cast our burden, Psalm 55, upon the Lord. He tells us in, in Proverbs 12 and 25 that anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down. Anxiety weighs a person down. So as you're looking at 2020, I want to ask you to take a different perspective and a different look at this year. Has it been a lot? Yes, it has been a lot. Has it been sometimes overwhelming? Yes, as sometimes it's been overwhelming. Has it been a plethora of bad news upon bad news? Yes, it has. Have we had to deal with things in 2020 that we haven't had to deal with before? Absolutely. But life is but a matter of perspective. All I have to do is change the perspective. When we see that all of these things are happening around us, we have to then ask ourselves a question. What will I do in this season of my life? I want to leave this on you um, because I want to make sure that I put this in here. Um, because those of us in church, and I'm just not just talking about the church, but, uh, but, with, but this particular text I will be, but I want to bring it to a larger uh, context here in just a second. In Matthew chapter number 11, verses 28 and 30, here's what Jesus says. Come unto me, all those who are heavy laden and burdened down. And here's the promise of God. I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon me, upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And here's the reason why he says you're going to find rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Isaiah says that God holds the government in his hands. That's what Isaiah said. He prophesied of the man, Jesus, that this man was not just going to be the savior of the world, but he was going to hold the very government in the palm of his hand. 
I want you to think about that in all of this chaos that we seem to be experiencing in 2020, the government rests within the palm of Christ's hand. I want you to think about that. I want you to think about that everything that has happened, everything from January the 1st leading all the way up until October the 6th, every single one of those events had to go by the throne of God before God allowed or ordained those things to happen. I want you to think about that from a global perspective, from a biblical perspective, that everything that happened, every single death that happened, every single sickness that happened had to go by the throne room of grace before God either allowed it and or ordained it. There's a purpose in everything, saints. And I believe and I have been on record as saying that 2020 has been a year of reflection. If 2020 has not shown you something about yourself personally in your own spiritual walk, in your own private life, if you've not seen things about yourself in 2020 that otherwise you would have not taken the inventory to look at, you have missed it because God has settled us. God has said, sit here, examine yourself. It reminds me in first Kings chapter number um, uh, 17, where God is talking to Elijah and he sends them to the brook called Cherith. And he says, sit here and wait because he was telling Elijah to sit there and wait because there was coming some ministry that he needed to be well rested for. I want you to think about that. God shut down businesses. God shut down industry. God shut down uh, sports industry. He even shut down the church to a certain degree. And I want you to think about all the things that God was causing us to reflect on in 2020. Nothing that has happened in 2020 caught God by surprise. Now, it caught me by surprise because I'm not the Alpha and the Omega. I don't know the beginning from the end. I don't know what's going to happen in the next five minutes. So everything that I just listed, all of those things caught me by surprise. But in everything that I just listed, I had no input in any of those things. I could not change the outcome in any of those things that I just listed. And so what does that cause me to do as a believer as I am travailing to uh, through 2020? It causes me to look at 2020 in a much different perspective. Everybody, I'm going to go out there and vote. I'm going to make sure that my vote is known. People, my ancestor died in order that I may go and cast my vote on November the 3rd. I will make sure that I fulfill my civic duty to do so. I have a biblical and a Christian duty to do that as well. We'll talk about that in a few weeks. So I will make sure that I go and make my vote count. My wife will do the same. My kids who are 18 will now do the same. We will make sure that those things are done on November the 3rd. But everybody, I'm not going to lose my mind on November the 4th. I'm going to vote. I'm going to go into that voting booth. I'm going to vote. I'm going to vote. I'm going to vote. And then I'm going to leave that voting booth and say this, God, it's in your hands. That's what I'm going to do. Because I refuse to let 2020 run me a circle. Because it's way too much that's out of my hands to control. Anxiety weighs a man down. When I live on the edge of life, when I'm anxious because things are out of my control and I get anxious about those things that are out of my control, it erodes away at my joy. And so I want you to think about 2020 in all that has happened. And we're not even up to August yet. We haven't even talked about September we haven't even talked about the first four days in October. The first four days in October has been a doozy. And we're just on October the 6th right now. So everybody, these are a lot of things that are going on. And I want you to think about how the enemy works. 
I want to bombard you. I want to bombard you so that you get overwhelmed. And when you get overwhelmed, you check out. And God does not want us to check out. In Psalm 118, verses 5 and 6, here's what the psalmist says. Out of my distress, I called on the Lord, and the, and the Lord answered me and set me free. Out of my distress, the psalmist says, I cried out to the Lord, and the Lord set me free. Maybe if instead of getting involved in all of these political conversations and going back and forth on Facebook and going back and forth on Twitter and this news station and that news station, maybe what we ought to do is cry out to the Lord. Maybe what we ought to do is say, Lord, this is well beyond my control. I can't handle any of it. I'm calling out to you. And the psalmist says that if we do that, the Lord is not only going to answer us, but he's going to set us free. Maybe instead of doing all of this back and forth, maybe as opposed to putting our hopes in political candidates, maybe we should truly look unto the hills from which cometh our help because all of our help does come from the Lord. The psalmist said it's like this. A wise man does not put his counsel and his help and, and his trust into the chariots of men. He doesn't do that. We ought to know because we, we who are born again know Romans 8 and 28 very well that all things will work together for the good of those who are called according to God's purpose. I want you to think about that scripture that we quote ad nauseum in the church. All things will work together. All things, all of the 29 things that I've already mentioned, all of those things, although tragic, although unfortunate, will work together to the good of those of us who love God and are called according to his purpose. God has a way of taking the bad things in life and turning them to our good. I want you to think about that in the context of where you are right now in 2020. It's been a lot, everybody. But take a step back, breathe, but for a moment, detox, unplug, Get into the word, go into your prayer closet, cry out to the Lord. If you're feeling overwhelmed, cry out to the Lord. If it's too much to you, cry out to the Lord. Take care of your mental, your, your mental well-being, because if you don't, you will be overwhelmed. You will succumb to all of the pressures of this world if you don't take a step back and breathe. The psalmist says here that, that if we cry out to the Lord in distress, God's going to hear us. And so, saints of God, I want to dare tell you, even as I get to these last couple of things, that yes, life in 2020 has been challenging. Um, but remember uh, what Paul said in 2 uh, uh, Corinthians chapter number 12. He said, God told him, my grace is sufficient for you. He says, because my power is made perfect in your weakness. On September the 29th, uh, we had a remake of the 1993 classic called Grumpy Old Men. Uh, it was called The Presidential Debate. Uh, and we saw two 75-plus-year-old men screaming at each other. Um, USA Today, CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, um, even uh, other national uh, news agencies said that that was one of the darkest spots in American politics. Um, it was something to behold. But I'm going to tell you what I got out of September the 29th when I watched what was the debacle 
called the presidential debate. It solidified my trust in God. Because if you think I'm going to put my hope, my trust, my faith, my family, my kids, my well-being into two 75-year-old screaming white men for the benefit of my family and my way of life, no, 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 no. It further solidified, God, I trust you. Because what I seen on on, on September the 29th, uh, me and my wife, I, I literally had popcorn as I was watching it because I was watching a comedy show. I was watching two 75-year-old millionaire white men sit there and yell at each other ad nauseum. One calling the other clown, the other one called the other one stupid. And these are two men that are vying for the most powerful position on the planet. And they're screaming at each other. And as I looked at that debate, I said, God, I thank God that you're in control. Because if my life is up to either one of these, Trump and or Biden, then I'm in a lot of trouble. But thank God that my salvation does not rest on November the 3rd. My, my salvation is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you are a born again believer, if you are a born again believer, then everybody look to the hills from which cometh your help. Go and exercise your civic duties. Do not allow this opportunity to not vote go beyond you. Now, if, you, if you're not registered to vote, the deadline to vote was yesterday. But you can go to uh, vote.org, type in your name, your address, uh, your birth date, and your phone number, and you'll find out where you're registered to vote, if you're registered to vote, and it will also show you where you're registered to vote for this upcoming season. So I am telling you and admonishing you to go out there and exercise your vote. I am not going to tell you who to vote because that's between you and God. But I want you to make sure that you exercise your civic duty and go and do that. But once you've exercised your civic duty, you then leave the rest to God. You then leave the rest to God. It is your civic duty to go out there and do that. That's what the civil rights movement was about. That's what the voting rights uh, movement was about. So we don't go out there and not vote. But once I cast that ballot, it's out of my hands. I've done all that I can do. Now, you're going to sit back and watch the election results on later that night, but you've done all that you can do. Don't get anxious after you've done what you're supposed to do. That's Ephesians chapter number six, that after you've done all that you can do to stand, you stand. So exercise civil duty. Exercise your amendment. Exercise what you've been given the right to do and then leave the rest to God. A couple of days ago. Uh, we now have the president of the United States that was diagnosed with COVID-19. Um, he was diagnosed with it and went to Walter Reed Hospital. And today is Tuesday. He's now out of the hospital and back into the White House. Um, yeah. Everybody, uh, let me just share this with you. Um, the president has doctors and things at his disposal that other people do not. OK, um, as opposed to me looking at situations in a certain perspective, um, as for me to keep my sanity, I have to make sure that I put the brakes on my train of thinking. Uh, certain things that I see, uh, I, my wife will tell you this. Uh, I'm at a place right now in my life at 47 years old to where I'm looking back and I'm seeing just how good God has been in my life and how faithful God has been in my life. And I am making a conscious decision, a conscious choice not to worry. Uh, 
I am making a conscious decision not to put my hands on stuff that I just can't control. I got to control the things that are within my spirit to do. I got to take care of my responsibilities the way that God has has allowed me and ordained me to do. But the things that are well beyond my control, I can't do anything about that. Okay, I understand that there are powers at work that work for the powers that have benefit to those powers. I, I understand that. I understand that politics is a game that many of us uh, look at the surface of the issues, but don't dive deep into it. Politics is a game that is beyond all games. Okay, it doesn't make any sense for either one of these presidential candidates to spend 20 to 30 million dollars to get elected to a position that only pays you four hundred thousand dollars a year. The numbers don't make sense, everybody. The politics are much deeper than many of us want to give credit for. Politics is all about power and money. Okay, no matter who you are and no matter what scale you're on, if you're not at the top 1%, the chances of those politics affecting you at a very base level are going to be slim to none. Politics is a game. And people who want to be in the game are not in the game for the people that the politics are supposedly representing. Okay, so because I know things like that, because I know that and because I know ultimately know that nothing's going to happen in my life unless God ordains it and or allows it, I'm able to have a certain peace in the midst of all of this chaos. I'm not going to get overwhelmed by what I see on the TV because my God does not get elected every four years. I know that seems religious. I know that sounds like a preaching point, but my God does not get elected. He is not up for reelection. He is sovereign and he is in absolute control. And when we understand that, when we believe that from the depths of our being, yes, we're going to be engaged. We're not going to stick our head in the sand. We're going to understand the issues the way that the issues need to be understood. But we're also not going to get overwhelmed in trying to make sure that we keep our hands on things that are out of our control. And so as you're looking at 2020, I want you to be reminded of this, everybody. You can't live on the edge. You can't be watching the news cycles for 10, 12 hours out of the day. You can't be getting these alerts on your phone every single hour out of the day. You're being bombarded. You can't be looking at social media all day, every single day from this post to that post. You can't do that stuff. That's a scheme of the enemy to overwhelm you. And when you become overwhelmed, you become ineffective. And so the psalmist is telling us here that we can do a couple of things. Cast our burdens up on the Lord and call out to the Lord in our distress. Paul says, don't be anxious for anything. Everybody, please hear me. As a pastor, let me encourage you to the depths of how I can. I want to try to muster up every spiritual um, uh, uh, force that I can right now. God is in control. God is in control. The Bible says that God turns the heart of the king like a river. I want you to understand something. When God told Moses to go before Pharaoh and then Moses said, God, what in the world am I going to tell the most powerful man on the earth? I want you to go and tell Pharaoh that I am who I am. He said, the message that I want you to tell the most powerful man on the planet is I am who I am. That even though he's Pharaoh of Egypt, I'm God of the universe. And no matter who sits in 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, they do not override the God of the earth, the God of the world. 
He is in control and sovereign over everything. And I want you to hear this. No man is is immune to the problems of the world. No man is immune to it. No man is immune to what God says can happen. And if we're looking at what's going on here in the world, I want to encourage you that you don't put your trust in presidents and senators and mayors and governors and those who claim to be experts in this area and that area. You put your trust and your hope into the Lord. Now, listen, everybody, it goes without saying that we have to be cautious. There are people that have certain skill sets in areas that we don't have skill sets in. So we pay attention to those who have doctors and medical degrees. We do that. We got to social distance. We got to make sure that we are protecting ourselves. All of that thing, all of those things goes without saying we are going to do the, the, the measures by which are suggested to us to do. However, don't stop living while you were doing those things. And as we're looking at everything from January the 3rd all the way up until October the 6th and everything that has happened as I've done a timeline, a chronological order of everything that I can find that happened since January of this year. And I've only mentioned to you 31 of these things, but I have a list here of over 113 things that have happened since January the 1st. It's a lot. I've tried to highlight the major things that have happened in this year, but there's a lot that has happened in this year that has caused 2020 to take on the mantra that it has. But in all of that, in all of that, my family and I have not missed a meal. My family and I still have a home. We still got a bed to sleep in. God has been faithful to us. We've not missed a beat with all of these 31 things that I've just mentioned. No plague has come near our dwelling place. We've not missed anything. Why? Not because I'm relying on another stimulus check. I'm not I'm not looking unto Pennsylvania Avenue, which cometh my help. I'm not looking for a mayor to bail me out. I'm not looking for a governor to pass a certain program. I'm not looking to any of those things because ultimately those people need the same protection that I'm asking for of God. I'm looking to God to sustain me and sustain my family and sustain my way of life. And everybody, I want to leave you with what, what Jesus said in John 14. Peace is something that we don't value until you don't have it. If you're going to sleep at night anxious, if the first thing that you do is check your phone when you wake up, you have a problem. If the first thing that you do is look at the news, if the first thing that you do before you go to bed is look at the news and you bombard yourself with that thinking, you have a serious problem because you won't get peace like that. Jesus said, I'm leaving you peace. And the peace that I'm leaving with you is not the peace that the world gives because the world cannot give peace. The peace that I'm giving you comes from me. And how is he going to give you peace? Because he's overcome the world. He told us to be of good comfort because I've overcome the world. I've overcome the world. That's what Jesus said. When he hung on the cross, it's not some spiritual colloquialism that we keep on talking about in church, that he rose on the third day with all power in his hand. He conquered the world. And when he conquered the world, he also conquered the forces of this world. So he conquered the very one who is the prince and the power of the air. He conquered Satan. And so as you're living in this world, take hope, take encouragement that although things may be coming at you at warp speed, 
take a take a take time to take a step back. Detox, disconnect. Everybody, I haven't watched the news. I've watched the news um, once a day for the last, I think, three weeks now. And I've mainly been watching the news because of what's going on in the Gulf and in the Atlantic. I want to stay, I want to uh, stay up to date on those hurricanes and those tropical depressions that are forming every single uh, couple of days. But let me tell you one of the blessed things that happened to me uh, about a month and a half ago. When I unplugged that TV and stopped listening to all of that news cycle from this station to that station, and I don't care what station you're watching, CNN is for Democrats, Fox is for Republicans, MSNBC is for whoever they are, I don't know. But each particular news station has got its own bias. So what I do is I bounce in between all three of them. I try to get a different perspective from all three of them as to not get so bogged down from one point of view. But when I unplug that thing and stopped that news cycle a month and a half, almost two months ago, and begin to spend that time in God's word, let me tell you, the supernatural peace that comes over you when God reassures you that he's got everything under his control is amazing, is absolutely amazing. So I can smile even in the midst of a September 29th presidential debate where both sides are going back at each other. CNN is screaming at Fox. Fox is screaming at CNN. The moderator is screaming at both people. And we can sit back and eat popcorn in the midst of this presidential debate because I have a greater peace of knowing that my hope is not in either one of those. In four years, we're going to have to elect another president. Four years after that, we got to elect another president. We got to elect another mayor. We got to elect another governor, but we'll never have to elect another God because he is sovereign and eternal. And so, saints, I want to encourage you with the words of Paul in Philippians chapter number four, verse number six. Don't be anxious about anything. Step back. Breathe. It's all good. God has got you. Settle your heart, settle down and really believe, really believe to the depths of your soul that God has got this thing under control. From Genesis to Revelation, God has used people in very vicarious positions. He used Daniel and Nebuchadnezzar being thrown into the lion's den. He used the three Hebrew boys. He used uh, Joseph all the way back in Genesis chapter 35 and following. He used all of these men in very particular positions um, in very troubling times and used them to bring other people out. But everybody, you got to calm down. I would just ask you to meditate on Matthew 6 and 34. Don't be anxious about tomorrow. Calm down. Allow God to be God. Allow tomorrow to be tomorrow because sufficient for the day is its own troubles. 2020 will go down on record as being that kind of year. But I do believe that it's darkest before the dawn. I do believe that a better day is coming. I do believe that God is in control. I do believe that God has a greater destiny waiting on us. And I believe that if you can get through this time, if you can get through this moment, if you can get through these days, you're going to come out on the other side better. 
I want to thank you for those who are joining in and those who follow us every single week. We pray that these podcasts are enriching your spirit and causing you to think in very deep and profound ways. Uh, We're asking that if you're on Facebook right now, that you like, share, that you comment, that you go to our Twitter, our Instagram. Make sure you follow us on those social media platforms. And then also go to our YouTube. Hit subscribe. Hit that little button to the right. Make sure you hit that bell so that you don't miss one single episode of Studio B. We want to thank you for joining us here. And again, be encouraged. If God be for you, it's more than the entire world against you. We'll see you next week. Thank you.